Winston, my voice breaks on his name. I got you, he assures me, his voice confident as he I can almost reach a little more, I say under my breath, and then I I smile down at Winston all over my face. You're a mess. <laughs> You're an actual, <laughs> honest to God mess. I am. Blame Winston. <laughs> I am not going to do that. That good Christian man did nothing. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Hi, Bim. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm feeling good, feeling great. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I've Any had a lot of reason. Yeah, I've had a lot of carbs today. Oh, so I'm yeah. in like the happiest place. Like that shit is being converted right now to energy in my body. Okay, and, okay. Yeah. Shout out to carbohydrates. Yes. So I had too many carbs. I've just come back <laughs> from vacation. I was in Rome, which is beautiful. Uh, my first time, and all I ate was pasta and bread. And Listen. this, and I, I need. Like two weeks of salads, just salads and greens and sure. all the roughage right now. Wow, that's incredible yeah, a, detail. Yeah, I, hey, listen, listen, we're all adults. <laughs> we understand you got to keep things moving. Listen, congrats <laughs> to fiber and roughage. That's how. That's that's what American ru- That's what America runs on. <laughs> listen, I do not want to be miserable while I'm thirsting. I tell you that. Oof, that's a horrible, horrible image. Um. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yes. Good uh, news today. Yes, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. One of our favorite people. We say that about everybody, but really, like, she, this person it's is, because like... because we only attract great people. Uh, I just, I can't, I can't, it's not my fault. All our true. friends are great. This is true. All the friends of the show are great. Yes. We are ourselves great. Yes. You Thirst Buckets, I guess you're great too, because <laughs> here you are selecting this podcast. So shout out to everybody. We're all good. And today's guest really, truly is one of our favorites. Uh, we Aww. love her. Yes. <laughs> I love y'all too. <laughs> Nicole, who's our guest this week? We have the fantastic, wonderful, incredible Drea Donna Rowland. Yeah. It's me. Uh oh. Oh, God. Let's introduce you, Drea Donna. Calm down. Um, Drea Rowland is a writer and producer who covers sports and entertainment, and you can find her work everywhere from Complex to BuzzFeed via TV Guide and Essence, among many other places. So you need to hire her to write, host, produce, or edit everything. Mm -hmm. She loves 90s R&B because, I mean, hello, she has incredible taste, which is why we have her on the show. Exactly. That good taste is what we are going to explore Mm -hmm. Explore, this session. (laughs) We have so many things to discuss with you because... Drea, you are, in fact, a very thirsty individual. But people don't know that. And that's why this moment is so huge. You understand? Like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. I'm about to just own my truth as a very thirsty person. So well, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. I'm so grateful because we, I've had to carry this alone for so long. Carry it no further. We are here to facilitate your thirst exposure. Oh, man. Yeah? I'm really excited. I can tell. I can tell. (laughs) Your eyes are all bright and shiny. I'm really... Guys, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it. Let's do this. So we have a selection of people that you are feeling quite strongly towards and about. Mm -hmm. Let's start with your very first choice. Who do you want to talk about first, Rhea? (sighs) 
I think I want to start with Stephon James. Look at yes. you. I call him Stephon. <laughs> you know. Let's start there. Why are you body rolling in your yes, chair right now? Like she's over here just really like Because he's a vibe. Like Stephon is like a little soulful, like a, mm, I got a shimmy happening right now. Yes, like she really does. <laughs> <laughs> explain. Explain yourself. Where do I start? Stephon James mm-hmm. is, when I say he's a vibe, right? Like, He's doing this thing where he's very, like, protective of his image and his, mm. you know, I think he's trying to be respectable and that kind of thing. But I see enough in his eyes and in his smile to know that it's some mischief up in there. And I feel like mm. we would have a motherfucking ball. Mm. Like I just feel like if I could get him out of that tux and we was in the house chilling, like, we would have fun. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he has a fun vibe, you're saying. So let's yeah. t- let's let's talk about Stefan then. So he is, like, he's a Canadian actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where might people have seen Stefan and his uh, beautiful face? And well, Delina? he's been doing a wonderful job of crossing over to America lately. So you might have seen him in Selma playing John Lewis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have seen him opposite Julia Roberts in Homecoming on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Oh. You also might have seen him. You should have seen him mm. in If Bill Street Could Talk. Listen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. He started out his career in Canada, where he is from. He is um, he's a Toronto person. Mm-hmm. I know that's not the correct pronunciation, but I am British, and we, in fact, pronounce all the T's, so it's Toronto. Um, he comes from an acting family. His brother is, is an actor as well. Mm-hmm. He is Jamaican. Shout out to the diaspora. Love it. Proud of it. But then he moved to America. He's kind of been slowly, like you said, making waves. He uh-huh. was a beautiful, luminous, fantastic John Lewis in Ava DuVernay's film. Selma but yes for me I I mean I thought he was very cute I wanted to feed him some kind of green situation when I saw him in Selma I was like oh my god I hope he's getting all the vitamins he needs (laughs) but then I watched him in Barry Jenkins film If Bill Street Could Talk which Mm -hmm. is the adaptation of the James Baldwin novel and my feelings were nothing to do with making sure he stayed regular you know it was still it was still a slow burn for me like I saw him And I was captivated, but it just it just made me want to study him. And so that's mm. when I began, like, following him on Instagram and reading all the articles and just... <laughs> this is a descent that, into one woman's thirst journey. And that's when exactly I yeah. what it that's was. when I went to Instagram, she said, you like, know. she's a fucking detective. <laughs> yeah. I had to research, like, I wanted to learn more about this person mm-hmm. because it was just like, first of all, what an honor to be able to ad- start an adaptation of the first... James Baldwin novel to be right. you know what I mean turned into a film so I'm like okay people obviously have a lot of faith in him right. let me see what else is going on then when I watched Homecoming and I saw how you, I mean you would expect Julia Roberts to eat him up and that is not what happened he oh. held his own he was I mean his performance was so strong and I, I was like okay so you talented <laughs> <laughs> And you fine. And for me, it always starts with respect. So I just mm. really, I have respected the choices he's made. I've respected his performance and everything I've seen him in. And then the thirst fell upon me. <laughs> After there was a foundation of respect. One more oh. time. Say that again. The thirst fell upon me. It did. The thirst fell upon me. This I is love like church. It. I love it. <laughs> I, what, what a testimony. And you know what, Drea? You mm-hmm. can't have a testimony without a test. And uh, it seems like he's testing. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm just all I'm doing is just I'm proclaiming some truths. Okay, Drea, you can agree or disagree, You're but right. I think your silence told me you do agree. <laughs> yeah, if Bill Street could talk was my first time seeing him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our 
Canadian listeners out there will recognize him from Degrassi, The mm-hmm. Next Generation, which right. you know is not anything that I paid attention to. No. Um, I was a little too old for that. Yeah. Um, but he was so beautiful. I remember I tweeted. I've since deleted all my tweets. But after um, seeing the movie and then I was listening to the soundtrack, oh, which yeah. is... Hold on, let me... The soundtrack is gorgeous. Shout out to Nicholas Bertel. That Oof, movie just makes you want to fall in love. I was mm-hmm. like... Can somebody just look at me the way Stefan James is looking at Kiki mm. in every scene? Like that's, that's all the, I want. That's the Barry Jenkins classic, right? Oh. That incredible close-up where you feel like you are in the character's yeah. eyes. And with Stefan, there is so much to look at, yes. so much to see. He really expresses something. Exactly. His eyes are very expressive. That's why yes. I said I see everything I need to see, even though he <laughs> don't say it all the time. When I look in those eyes, honey, they are steady. They see through you. They they got secrets like Stefan knows some stuff he is wise behind his beyond his years I can mm. tell just by looking mm. in his eyes and also those lips <laughs> Barry I want to thank you for every close up <laughs> shout out to you Mr. Jenkins thank you there is a very tender lovemaking scene. And this is something that I think Barry Jenkins does very well, Mm -hmm. is showcasing black people in intimate moments, and specifically dark-skinned black people in these very soft, tender, sweet, intimate moments that we don't often see. Like, obviously, we see black people on screen, you know, being sexual with with Mm -hmm. each other and things like that. But the care that Vonnie shows Tish is just so sweet and remarkable and that also I mean obviously I'm me so I'm looking at the sex scene for all (laughs) all the stuff but that really I felt like that is also part of Stefan's charm that quiet uh, heat that he has and you can see that it's just a little wave of something coming off of him but again Barry Jenkins is just really good at that and I think it's very important that we see you know these dark skinned people these dark skinned black people having tenderness together for sure for sure I 100% agree Yeah, so after the movie and I'm listening to the soundtrack, which um, composer Nicholas Bertel did, just beautiful. And I'm not really a soundtrack listener, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just for whatever, uh, because it makes me think of the movie, which is distracting for me. Like when I'm writing, that's... Okay. Yeah. Um, So I'm listening to it and I tweeted that listening to the soundtrack makes me want to sit by the window and wait for a man with poet's eyes and what did I say? A a man with poet's eyes and a worker's hands to come Mm. home because that's how I saw Stefan James. Like he has these beautiful, soulful eyes and, but his hands, you know, in the movie, he's an artist and he's doing, you know, he's creating these sculptures and Mm -hmm. different things with his hands. And that really moves me because I like a man who works with his hands. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, I just, (laughs) um, you know, I was just like, wow, he is perfect for this role, you know, and he has this um, something that I think you're kind of pointing out, like this controlled passion. Yes. That is just so remarkable. Even you can see it uh, in this character. And then when he's away from the screen and he's doing interviews and things like that, Mm -hmm. like he is. You know, he's fairly young still yeah. and he is um he does have a little bit of that respectability thing happening. Dry. His <laughs> interviews be dry. But 
tell us how you really feel. That's the, the control because I yeah. know that he can turn it on. And yes. you might sometimes you see a glimpse of it, like you might see him on a red carpet, and he like he just has this mischievous smile, and then he'll reel it back in real yes. quick. I'm like, he he know what he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he has to be careful. When you're still relatively new to Absolutely. the scene, you have to be careful. And then there's a burden of being a black man new to the scene and the yeah. things that And he happen. takes it very seriously. Yeah. And I just want him to be fine and have fun. Like, I think he's... <laughs> In a, a place now where he can start to relax a little bit. And mm. by that, I mean, like, he, every interview I've read, he always talks about, um, you know, wanting to, just the burden of representation and wanting to change the roles that black men can play. And he's very excited for Homecoming because it wasn't written for a black a- actor, but he obviously got the role. Mm. And I'm just like, I hear you, but, like, baby, be young and flexy. Like, enjoy mm-hmm. your moment. Like, yeah. don't take it so seriously. I, I, I want him to build his legacy of course yeah okay i Uh, wanted to talk about him talking about legacy and things like that and i have a clip that i think perfectly illustrates that that i can play and this is from um he recently did a cover with variety magazine and so they filmed you know some behind the scenes Mm -hmm. stuff and so i want to play that for you i want to look around and see a thousand, you know, black leading young men, you know, guys like me who are who are doing it every day. You know, there doesn't just have to be one of us or five of us. You know, there can be a thousand of us. I think we're definitely making strides. We're definitely making strides. But honestly, I can just say that I'm proud to to be a part of this group that's making the change. And we can all share in each other's work and celebrate each other's work and uplift each other. And I think tell diverse stories, you know, not just black stories, but, you know, great stories that just happen to feature black artists, which is, which is even more important. So, yeah, (laughs) it's not, it's not, the thing is, he'll figure it out. Yeah. And I I have no doubt of that. In the meantime, it does put a slight dampener on my lady boner, but... But also, he's 25 years old. That right. voice is not 25, though. That <laughs> voice could call me on the phone. <laughs> it could read me books. It, but, you know, that's, yeah. um, that's what uh, Michael B. Jordan also said when yeah. he first was, you know, an adult. And, he, you know, he was away from the wire and he was trying to pick up these adult roles and things like that. So mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan also said, I want to get these roles that aren't written for black people which you know we it's fine we understand there's really not a good way to say that without seeming like you're kind of poo-pooing on the wide range of roles that black people can do as black people yeah Yeah. i think it's a problem with the the expression of a very very real sentiment which is to say i don't want to ever be limited right but it always comes across as just kind of like fuck these traditional ghetto roles i don't want it (laughs) and it's like Mm, buddy but i do think he has the range for it like he does could be Batman. Mm-hmm. I think that his potential is limitless. And I think even in the few roles we've seen, like you can see that he is, I mean, he's just so competent. Even that one scene in Bill Street, I loved where he was um, pretending to to decorate this barren mm-hmm. <laughs> face. And I just was like, the talent you have to have. I would feel so silly doing that, but he just, he knocks yeah. it out. There's something about the way he does the um when he's kind of like essentially showcasing a future that your heart is breaking because you know they don't have it. Mm, you know right. they're never going to get this future. Mm. So he's doing this wonderful thing of telegraphing to you the genuine ex- excitement of building a life with the woman he yes. loves who's you know going to be the mother of his child. There's all this stuff. 
And at the back of that, he somehow also transmits to you the absolute futility of this exercise, mm-hmm. which is to say, this is never going to happen. Right. But I love that scene. So when I watched that scene in the cinema, I, without meaning to, my eyes welled up because yeah. I just thought, I want someone to imagine yeah. this shit for, mm. for me and my right. future, right? right? Okay, let's 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 all watch the clip and swoon. What you think? I don't know, Fani. As far as I'm concerned, the only thing we're missing is a fridge. But I don't want to throw my back out before we even have a chance to make a kid. Hey, Levy. Come on, give me a, a hand with this fridge, man. You, you want me to? Yeah, come on, help me out. I need you to get the door. Get the door, come on. All right, all right, okay. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, you ready? I'm ready, three, mm-hmm. two, one, up. Okay, uh, all right, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, okay. slowly now. Okay. Careful. All right, why am I straining more than you? <laughs> I got you, I got you, right on back okay. here. Yeah, right here, perfect. All right. Uh, yes, so the audio good. is making us all melt. Yes. <laughs> He's so good that he brings Dave Franco mm-hmm. and brings him into the fantasy. And in the film, you can see that the character is like, oh, wow, I'm really I'm really intrigued by this, too. I'm all in, too. Yeah, like, he's yeah. able to, just like, cast this web of, I don't know, enchantment around exactly. everybody. Yeah. It's, it's The enchantment is exactly correct. Because mm-hmm. if you look at, you know, Kiki Lane's face, oh. yes. I know she's acting, obviously. Yeah. But I'm like... Nah, she's also our audience stand-in. She's mm-hmm. looking at this guy like, oh my God, he's so amazing. Like, yes. I, I hated I hated mm-hmm. how emotional, like, I, I felt myself swooning despite myself because yeah. I was just kind of like, there's two bits in there. There's, of course, the fridge, which is just, oh my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, it turns out all I wanted was a guy to carry an imaginary fridge. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm putting in my Tinder bio now. Are you carrying an imaginary fridge? No, mm-hmm. get the fuck out. But then the also the bit where he talks about the sun on her pretty face. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, who's going to tell me about my pretty face in the sunlight? (laughs) Stefan, tell me about my face. It's so good. It's so good. He's great. Yeah. I can tell he has just a rich interior life. And I just (laughs) want to peel back the layers. All right, Editor Drea. (laughs) Yes. Because he's so careful of his image, he keeps a lot inside. And I just feel like... Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm here for yeah. that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm, yeah, we would go deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Everyone here is too old for this. Everyone here is is way too too advanced in years. But let's let's go back, Drea, to yeah. what you pointed out about where he lets loose. Oh yes, and his, that's the fashion, right? Sartorial choices, mm-hmm. oh. impeccable. Tell, t- tell us tell us more about the sartorial choices that have uh, piqued your interest. So, um, I mean, just for instance, I love that his hair is nappy. Mm. Some would say natural, but I, I just think that it's a deliberate decision to be like, I am A-list. I am playing with Ava DuVernay and Julia Roberts. These are my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And you want to get these kinks and these coils. Mm-hmm. And he will... Be on the cover of Elle magazine mm-hmm. with twist in his hair. Mm-hmm. Like, that is an act of defiance as a black man and somebody in that position. Like, you would never see Denzel with some dreadlocks. Stop mm-hmm. playing. That's true. Um, or even his, the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. Honey. <laughs> Talk Stephane about it. <laughs> James went to the Met Gala in a deep green velvet Burberry suit. There was a brooch on his tie. He had on a heeled boots. 
and had the nerve to have his hair cornrowed up into a man bun at fashion's biggest, most elegant night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had French braids on the red carpet. You understand, like, that is that is somebody who's comfortable in his masculinity. He's mm-hmm. comfortable in his moments. He is, you know, he's owning it, and I really love it. And even uh, when he's not, like, suited and booted, mm-hmm. Just his choices, like, on his off days. Like, he'll wear soft blush or hot pink. He'll put on all kind of funky jewelry. Like, he's just not afraid to just, mm. you know, mm. express himself in that way. And I, it, it just suggests a confidence to me mm. that I find yeah. really attractive. Mm. The, li- that, the line of confidence, I think, is, is very correct. Because I did have some issues with his Met Gala look because so many people failed the fucking assignment to be camp. Uh, so, uh-huh. so I was kind of like Stefan. That's... You can be camp or you can be perfect. You know? Yeah, you can. <laughs> but, 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 you can be both. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say he failed the, he failed the general brief. But did he look amazing? He yes, he did. Me. I feel like for me, it was a case of just kind of like you can make all these choices within the auspices of fashion mm-hmm. right you can you can do menswear but you can do it in a way that really sets you apart where the clothes are not wearing you yes mm-hmm. and he does this thing every red carpet i'm excited because i know he's going to have you some color mm-hmm. he's going to have some accessories he's going to have a fantastic you know head of hair yes there's so much that he does and he like you said he comes in i mean it helps that he has the shoulders and he has the waist uh-huh. and he has you know i mean the stuff is just tailored so well yes. as you see mm-hmm. everything he has to offer and you're just like oh. i'm with it it's a Frame. It's a frame it's a for frame. his beauty. Yes. And yes. then he just steps out all 3D. And mm. every time, my heart is glad. <laughs> I just want to say that. Yes, he just adds some flavor to the red carpet that has been sorely missing. But I, he wears his hair, and I think it's just a very deliberate choice to have natural hair, kinky, coily hair in the juxtaposition of it with his stature in Hollywood and maybe with the, you know, a fine, high couture suit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to have your hair natural like that like it sends a message and so like when i think about him and his hair there's this song <laughs> mm-hmm. have you guys heard this song by lucky day it's called roll some Mo. and it's literally about just smoking weed with your baby and like <laughs> when i hear it i just visualize like stefan is like okay he in my room right mm-hmm. and that's the, it's not. I don't have curtains, but if I did, this, the wind would be blowing the curtains, right? The white gauze curtains, of course. Of course. And the sun is shining, and the song is playing, and I am just, I'm rubbing coconut oil in his hair. I'm moisturizing his scalp. You feel me? Yes. You know, he says he's a painter. I'm cleaning his paintbrushes. Like whatever you need, boo. Like, but while this song plays, like. <laughs> This is this is what's gonna happen. Like okay. I'm visualizing. Manifest. Listen yeah. to this, this song. If, you, if it doesn't just transport you, mm-hmm. you let me know. Stefan, that one's for you. <laughs> that's our song. You don't know it yet, but that's our song. <laughs> oh, God, that doesn't sound creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've talked about Stefan James. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to your next thirst object. Mm-hmm. Bobby Cannavale. Bobby. Yes. <laughs> you said that like he was like an old love like Bobby. <laughs> right. Yes. Like the year was 1992. <laughs> uh, like, like the little meme with the, you know, little crab smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in years. 
me tell you ladies something. Okay. Bobby mm-hmm. is like the splash of hot, salty butter on oh, wow. fresh popcorn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know where that sentence I did not was going. either. <laughs> and I am hot and salty. All right, let's get it. Shit. <laughs> I was so delighted to follow the trajectory of that sentence. I leaned all the way in. You know how you're watching something and you already like it, and then Bobby kind of volley pops up, and you're like, oh, Bobby in this too? Yes. Okay. You know, Y'all got yeah. Bobby too. Yeah, he does add a little extra. Always, he's a garnish. He, he exactly. He yeah. is so. That's exactly the best way to encapsulate his his allure to me. Mm-hmm. He's someone who, I'm, I enjoy him if I know he's going to be there. But if I didn't know and right? he turns up, I get so happy. Yes, yeah. he I pay more attention. Exactly, more attention you lean to. In. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And usually his presence is like, oh shit, it's going to go down. Yeah. Like, think about homecoming, master of none. Like, usually when he comes, like, a lot of time ain't nothing good finna come after that. Like, you just got to keep your eyes on what he's about to right. do. And he, I like that about him. Yeah, he has, he's always had, like, this grown man, chaotic energy about yes. him. Um, and that it's also not just, um, I don't know. With Stefan, we talked about he has this quiet mm-hmm. heat. But Bobby is a little more staticky. Yeah. I mean, like it's you, constant. You know, yeah. he's the kind of person who, when he enters the room, your skin suddenly has goosebumps, and you're like, yes. "Why?" Yeah. And then you look, and there's Bobby, and you're like, "Oh, that's why." Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something about him. So he, listen. So Bobby, Bobby is 49 years old, hmm. and he is ha- exactly, <laughs> exactly. That was the correct hmm of interest. I was like, "Fucking Michael Barbaro was in here." Hmm. Hmm. But like, here's the thing. So he's. <laughs> He's from, <laughs> he was born in 1970. Okay. So when we talk about grown men, yeah. we talk about, you know, a direct contrast from Stefan, who's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Here is a man who is grown, almost, yeah, yes. no, no, I, I yes. promise he does. That wasn't a diss. <laughs> I'm saying that here is a man who is double Actually. his age. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Literally. Literally. And I think there's something about him that I have always found very assuring because even yeah. before he got to this age, he had that grown man energy mm-hmm. in a very big almost tangible way where you see him and I think oh my god he's gonna sort some stuff out I trust him right even when he's coming playing like a, a chaotic chaotic role or an mm-hmm. asshole I still just trust him exactly like, he's gonna figure it out yeah like, he's being true to himself he's yeah. gonna figure it out Bobby's gonna be alright exactly so, but- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom but the way I came into him is um, like now I know him for a lot of like kind of being a villain or a butthole but when I first was introduced to him, he was playing a character named Bobby mm-hmm. <laughs> on a show called Third Watch. All right, so two Drea, people watched. Listen, uh-huh. you and me are the two people who we watched Third Watch. <laughs> and <laughs> he was so sweet. He's he was so just sweet. like this lovelorn paramedic, paramedic who was obsessed with his partner, mm-hmm. and she just didn't see it until he got shot. And then she was like, I could have had a real one. Yes, you could have. Because Bobby wanted to hold you down. That's all he wanted to do was save them lives and hold you down, sis. You sound like you are Bobby's girlfriend slash mom. (laughs) And you are here to avenge your baby. I want him to be appreciated. All Bobby wanted was to just love his partner. She just, she didn't recognize and appreciate that. You know what I really love about Bobby Mm -hmm. and Third Watch? Is that he asked to be written out? Yeah, because oh. he was like, "Yeah, he said you're not using me enough." Exactly. Oh. Bet on yourself, Bobby. Bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. That to me is maybe the hottest thing Bobby ever did in yeah. Third Watch. Hey. To be very honest, he Fair. just said, "Listen, you know what? 
you're not doing all that you could do with mm-hmm. me in the room. So why don't you just open the door and let me moonwalk out? And then, <laughs> and then the biggest flex of all, he then went on to have a proper career yeah. thereafter. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing would have been like, you know what, write me out. And then you're sitting there with no one picking up the phone. But right, then people did. He knew his worth. He knew his worth and he mm-hmm. acted upon that. Yeah. So again, welcome to business with Thirst Aid Kit. <laughs> Handle your business and get out where, mm-hmm. while you still can. But speaking of his career, like I compare him to like a, a Giancarlo Esposito, right? Like mm. they they stay with a job, mm-hmm. and he's so versatile. Like so, his dad is Italian, his mom is Cuban, and I feel like that diversity is reflected in the range of characters he plays. Like sometimes he is Spanish, sometimes he's Italian, sometimes he's a psycho, sometimes he's a sweetheart. <laughs> like he can give you anything. Like he mm-hmm. has the range. Mm-hmm. I, I whenever he is in a project, I know that he's gonna give like a consistent, solid performance. Right, right, right. And again, it goes back to the respect. Like, I think he's so talented. And then I'm able to appreciate that voice. Okay. Listen. (laughs) Nicole and I just made intense eye contact. Because there is something, we've done an episode on Mm -hmm. voices uh, before on Mm -hmm. Thirst Aid Kit uh, because we do think of them as very much instruments of thirst Mm -hmm. um, as well as (laughs) communication, lol. But like ultimately, what it comes down to, the power of a voice, Mm -hmm. uh, the power that a voice can have over the state of desire is very, very real. And Mm -hmm. Bobby's voice is incredibly rich. It's so deep. Yeah, He knows when to make it smoky and low. He knows when to pitch it a little higher so that, you know, you're like, what the hell is this man about to do? (laughs) What the hell, Nicole? You never know. You never know. And I think the best example of that for me is um, his role as... Jip Rossetti on Boardwalk Empire. Mm, okay, yeah. He was certifiable in that <laughs> show. I mean, and he was only there for a season. Yeah. He was in the third season. Mm-hmm. You would think it was his show, so I know. Yes, like he really took over the show mm-hmm. that season that he was on. It's also mm-hmm. the season that we have Charlie Cox. Listen, yeah. a season of blessings. Yes. <laughs> Every which way you look, a, a, a snack. Everywhere you looked. <laughs> so Bobby as Jip was this man who, at home with his family, he was, uh, I guess you could say he was emasculated. You know, he was mm. in this traditional Italian family. And so the women kind of ran everything okay. there. And so he would try to... Overcompensate? Yes, mm. with all of his mafia bad guy dealings, you know. And um, he, if someone said the wrong thing to him, and they wouldn't know it was the wrong thing. Like, um, Nucky, the main character of the show, told him, good luck. Jip, it, like, you could see the switch click in mm. his head, and he was just like, how dare you, you know? And he just went on a rampage killing people wow. just because somebody told him good luck. So that's the range that we have here. Also, his character liked to be choked during sex. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this one scene. We're not going to play any clip from it because it's so... It's difficult to listen to. You have to just watch it. But it's wildly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and without the context, it just seems uh, unnecessary. Yeah. But I mean, you should watch it. It's like a it's a fascinating bit of television. Yeah. So there's this scene um, where he's in bed with a woman and he has asked her to tie his belt around his neck and oh. then tie the belt to the bed. Oh, he want to be choked, choked. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so they are doing what you do when you ask somebody to choke you like that. And this other guy comes in and starts shooting up the place. And so Rosetti's like, I got to get, you know, get me out of this, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets free and then he's, you know, leaves the bedroom and starts shooting everybody. Um, and he is 
fully naked and bloody because the woman has been a victim of the shooting. He is bloody, naked, still, I believe he still has the belt around his neck. (laughs) And you see full frontal. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Bobby, bless you. Because even though this scene is terribly violent and you are covered in blood, you are an impressive impressive person wow i did. i want i want i want everyone to note that i did not take part in any of that but shout out to bobby listen suddenly suddenly i will say this we're all god's creatures everything is beautiful but sometimes you ever look at someone and go aha i know the secret to your confidence i just shout out to you bobby uh the thing about bobby for me really is uh like you said, Drea, he is the person who adds extra. Mm-hmm. And I think about this in terms of... It's like a Ty dollar sign feature. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's horribly accurate. <laughs> Has Ty ever missed? No. <laughs> Bobby don't miss. <laughs> he has this deep, commanding voice. Yeah. He's dark. He's kind of swarthy. Yes. You know, he's... All right. Okay, Drea. Keep it, keep <laughs> it. Like I'm tall, dark, and handsome. You know, when I can help it. <laughs> he plays absolute psychopaths people Mm -hmm. who are you wouldn't want to be in a dark corner with and then he also plays people who are incredibly sweet and for me one of the best examples of that for me is when he plays Vince in Will and Grace which is absolutely yeah it's it's a really wonderful performance it was it was so warm and he was so funny his comedic timing was just and his chemistry with Will actually (laughs) yeah officer arrest me Idiot. I feel awful. I made a horrible mistake. That guy that I was before, that's not me. I was just I was just playing a game. Well, I don't play games. Look, I'm a romantic. Call me old-fashioned, but I believe when a guy takes another guy out, you should treat him like a lady. Oftentimes when I think about Bobby. It's obviously in the more, like Nicole said, the stereotypical roles that they kind of shoehorn him into. Mm-hmm. And he's very good in them. Right. But I always love to be surprised by a Bobby Cannavale yeah. uh, performance because mm-hmm. I know he can do it. Mm-hmm. And so when he delivers on that, it's always just kind of like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like it's something different. Yeah. And I know he can do it. So, yeah, give him give him a full blown comedy. I'm really ready for that. I would love to see it. Right. Mm. <laughs> All right, Monique. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked a little bit about his range, and I think we should also mention that he is Tony-nominated. He is on stage as well. He was uh, nominated for the play Mauritius and for the motherfucker with the hat. Listen, (laughs) what a sign-off. That's how I want to sign up from yes. everything now. Hey, 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 welcome to Thursday, kid. It's, yeah, Nicole and also the motherfucker with the hat. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and who the fuck does she think she is? And I think it's um, it's significant because not everybody can translate their talent from film to Absolutely. TV to the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw some, well, I saw a play earlier this year with uh, that featured a television actor and they were not good on stage. Mm-hmm. And you... It's a special skill to be on stage. And the fact that Bobby has that just, again, is that garnish on top of everything else mm-hmm. that he brings to the table. Yeah. He is such he's so good. And I, you know, obviously he has he gets the respect that he deserves. But I think he just needs, a you know, more more recognition. Mm-hmm. I think people need to give him more recognition. And he's give talked about flowers. Yes. He's talked about how um, he likes playing the side characters because he thinks they're richer. Oh, right. I would agree. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're richer, but also he makes them richer. Like exactly. everybody doesn't doesn't execute the way he does. Mm-hmm. You know, you can watch a program and not care about 
the side characters. But mm-hmm. when Bobby is a side character or a supporting character, like you lean in. He knows yeah. how to reel you in. Yeah. yeah. Reel you in. You're speaking like a real sus bucket. I'm <laughs> grateful, Drea. <laughs> All right. So we've had Stefan James, mm-hmm. Bobby Cannavale, uh-huh. and now. And now. Whew. <laughs> The main attraction, <laughs> except not really, because you feel you feel strongly about all these three men. But this guy yes. is pretty special to you. My goodness, uh, Winston Duke. Winston Duke. Hmm. Okay. Listen. Yeah, we all needed a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> we just absorbed. We absorbed something. Listen, thirst bucket, regular thirst buckets uh, who have been with us a while know how Nicole and I feel about Winston Duke. Mm. We ended up doing a video. Many, many a moon ago mm-hmm. about uh, his character in Black Panther because he played M'Baku, the leader of the Jabari. And I think in that video where we pretended, or did we pretend, to make a <laughs> meal for uh, our vegetarian king, I believe Nicole called it a hot rice dish for a hot king. Yeah. And uh, I think at the time I kind of just groaned gently, but she wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. We'll put the link up to this video that we made and you can see us prepare a lovingly prepare a meal for, for our bay. But Winston is an old favorite here at Thursday Kit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drea, we are looking to you now to color in some of the uh, the excitement around Winston. OK, well, so... <laughs> I just love the scholarly <laughs> approach. Like, it's so good. Took a sip of water and yeah. everything. Puffing on her pipe. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> One day somebody said to me, you have a type. And I said, no, I don't. And they said, your type is men who look like they like the dark meat on chicken. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Men who look like they like black eyed peas and cornbread. Mm. And when she said it, I understood. Mm. I think you just mean I like a sturdy king. Mm. I like somebody I can build with. Somebody who look like they got good sense. Mm. But also like they can handle you. And I just think Winston Duke know what to do with it. In every sense possible. Do you understand? Like, I'm meant to marry rich. First mm-hmm, of all, mm-hmm. um, rich and maybe famous, but I need him to be rich, but like his heart in the right place. And Winston just seems like all of this; these men seem like they fit that bill. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can trust them. They go, they go to work. They work hard. They mind their business. They make their money. They come on home. Like they're gonna be there when I when I get off work. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. they're gonna be where they're supposed to be, where they say they are. You understand? Like <laughs> yes, yes, I feel you. I just trust these, and Winston in particular, like. Physically, he's my type. Mm-hmm. Like I like explain explain the physical part there. Did you see the picture of him on the horse on yes. Instagram? Yes. yes, yes, we did. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Drea, yes, <laughs> we seen it. We seen it. It was. <laughs> I... Oh my god! This is like the silence in the room is deafening. We're like we're all thinking about those photos. Like, wait, hold on, hold on a fucking minute, hold on. <laughs> Thighs, they just offer me security in this cold, hard world. Like his thighs, yes, yeah, yes. I yeah. just he's tall, broad shoulders, yeah. 
Um, he takes his mother to all of his functions. Ugh, yes. You know? Sometimes that's a cover-up. Michael B. Jordan used to do that, and it's just because you got too many holes, you can't pick one. Oh, my so God. you got to bring your mama. <laughs> but Winston, is, I really believe he just wants his mother to share in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that's really sweet. <laughs> Join us next week on Detective Drea Rowland. <laughs> she said that shit definitively. Like, I've got the evidence. I have the receipts. This motherfucker is out there running games. This one loves his mother. Mm. That's what I believe. No, it's true. Lean into that truth. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the sturdy feeling and mm. like the heart from <laughs> all of so us. The sturdy feeling is <laughs> such a title of a pulp novel from the 40s. Maybe You've lost that sturdy feeling. <laughs> Maybe that's the title of this episode, the sturdy feeling. Oh, um, but okay. Stefan James, mm-hmm. um, his family is Jamaican. Right. Then Bobby Cannavale is uh, half Cuban. Mm-hmm. And Winston Duke is from Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Mm. So we've got a little Caribbean, little thread, a little, you know, mm-hmm. a little Caribbean thread nice through mm-hmm. all of this with the yeah. sturdy, yeah. sturdy. And mm. so that mm. too is like the image they craft in public. I know it has to be different from who they are when I get them alone because they got that Caribbean inside. Like they crazy. <laughs> Winston got some crazy deep down inside, and I'm going to bring it out. You're going to bring it out? You I think am. you can handle the crazy? Honey, The handle. same way that he can handle, handle you. Handle me? Who going to handle me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Get out. We got a little Megan Thee Stallion up in here. Handle. Wow. Do you think I can? Winston, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> because y'all remember after Black Panther, he said how black women made him feel sexy for the first time in his yes, life. Yes, yes. Um, Baby, that's just the beginning of it. Listen, <laughs> it gets better. Like <laughs> oh the best gosh. thing you can do for yourself is let a black woman love you. Ooh. And I don't want to disrespect his partner or whatever he has going on right now, but I'm just saying mm. it get greater, baby. Like, come to this side. <laughs> we got you on a different it's a, you know what I'm saying? It go back to Africa like it's ancestral. Oh my me? god! Like, the you... ancestors gonna help me love you good. Like I got it. I can't believe you are <laughs> quoting ancestral thirst. That's a first for Thirst Aid Kit, and I'm so grateful that it was you, Driana Roland, that brought that to Thirst Aid Kit. Only, Only you. <laughs> so we were first largely introduced to Winston through Black Panther mm-hmm. as Mbaku, and for me, I remember the first time that I went to see the film. And he is who I came away thinking about. Right. He stole the show. Yes. Which surprised me because, you know, as everybody knows, that's not typically my type. I don't typically like a big, strong looking man like that, you know. Right, right. No, you love a French driver, man. (laughs) Yes. I like a little slim, you know, a little tall drink of water. (laughs) But I came out of that theater and was like, like who was that? He was on the throne. He was manspreading on yes. that throne. The With only <laughs> acceptable manspreading. The only. The only. Everybody else, you're not on the throne. You're on the fucking four train. Yes. Close your legs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there was this scene. It's after Killmonger has come to Wakanda and done what he needed to do there. And so M'Baku is on the throne. Mm-hmm. And we've got Angela Bassett. We've got Letitia Wright there. And we've got Martin Freeman. He's the only white man, white man in this room. Everybody's talking, you know, about Wakanda business, Martin's character, Ross, tries to insert himself. Mm-hmm. And Mbaku was like, no. I want to play that clip. Mm-hmm. I make the pronouncements here, yeah, girl. Look, uh, your highness, the new king is a U.S. <gasps> uh, the new king... <laughs> 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 
not talk. One more word, and I will feed you to my children. I'm kidding, we are vegetarians. <laughs> Ridiculous. I love, it. I love that. It was just so funny. And to see this like little bit of humor from yeah. him, and that humor we ended up seeing more of in, in us. us. Yeah. Yeah. Drea. <laughs> so we had the pleasure of seeing us together, Nicole yes. and I. And uh you know, they said it was a scary movie, but when I saw those thighs, <laughs> I said everything is gonna be all right here. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is under control. Just here, like wrap it up, guys. <laughs> False alarm. It's no, fine. I so we know that Winston went to Yale. He is classically trained, and I think he is definitely uh, choosing roles now that he has the the um, privilege to do so that show his humanity and don't show him as you know this physically intimidating person whenever he has the opportunity. And he really showcased that in us. He was corny. He mm-hmm. was silly. He was sexy he mm-hmm. was you know all at once he so. was a corny dad he had all these dad jokes mm-hmm. um you know a lot of people had problems with the fact that he was so corny once the um once the tethered came mm-hmm. and you know he got beat up and he was crying out he was you know exclaiming in pain he was hurt and all this kind of stuff and they, you know a lot of people were like he should have just man up why was he blah 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 and i think it's important like you just said mm-hmm. to see this big man express pain to Mm -hmm. see a black man be able to express pain because we black people are often not allowed to express pain we are supposed to be stoic and just suffer and Uh yes but to see this man who yes he i guess you know head of the family or at least is the husband Mm -hmm. is the father in this family he is uh hurt because his tethered fucked him up (laughs) and he should be able to express that and the fact that people were upset with him you know giving voice to Mm -hmm. being fucked up is just also a problem the same size as a tether for obvious reasons so of course it's not gonna be like oh just man up and knock him out like no like that was a fair fight actually it was unfair because the tether had been uh plotting for a long time right right <laughs> i i didn't watch us but i i remember watching the trailer and you know he's wearing the howard sweatshirts mm-hmm. um shout out to hbc's That's right. um he is you know he, yeah the corniness i have to say that would have been a reason for me to watch i still didn't but i i i just loved seeing this guy kind of tell these jokes and be a little yeah. bit of a cornball i do think that when we are thinking about the ways in which people are represented, um, because let's be real, representation as a as a thing is kind of played out. Everyone's, you know, that's not what we're looking for. But we do want to see some kind of accuracy. Yeah. And I think so often, yeah, like you said, big black men are not supposed, they're supposed to be impervious. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever fails them. They're supposed yeah. to just they're power, supposed to be power super through cool, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And I like that he's not cool. I know some uncool black people in real life. I yes. mean, I've heard about them. So yeah, they're real. <laughs> Now, I thought I already done told y'all to get off my property, okay? So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. So I, I do think, you know, like, and I think about also the fact that, yeah, his career at this point is still, his his list, his filmography is still so short. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that time, can I just say, he has done some excellent work with some really excellent people. Yeah. And I'm yeah. grateful to Jordan Peele, much like we were happy about how Barry Jenkins framed um, Stefan James yeah. I am super super delighted Stephane. that oh my god <laughs> that Jordan Peele also did such a wonderful job of just again showcasing this and Ryan Coogler did that with Black Panther and mm-hmm. making M'Baku this 
you know, incredible. I mean, that's his big screen debut. Let's yeah. not forget. And Marco yeah. is the first time he was on in a film, on you know, right. feature length film. Right. And he knocked it out of the park. Can Absolutely. you imagine coming into a Marvel Universe movie and stealing the show so comprehensively? Right. Your yeah. first go around. Yes. Shout out to you. You know right. who did that last time? Oprah Winfrey with her debut in The Color Purple. When I tell you legacy, in terms of like people who come out and their first go mm-hmm. is like the steam, sorry, it's a scene stealing, mm-hmm. just like bigger than life performance. Yeah. And Mbaku, you're looking at him and like Nicole said, you leave and you're like, who the hell is that guy? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So in Us, we've got him as a corny dad mm-hmm. who expresses pain. But Jordan Peele also has this moment where he gives us what we have been looking for. (laughs) Darius talked about those thighs. Uh And there's a scene where he goes into the bedroom and he's trying to, like, you know, have some quality time with Lupita Nyong'o, her character. And he gets on the bed. He takes up the whole space of the bed. And he's in, like, a T-shirt and some boxers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's not even naked or anything like that. But he gets in the bed and he, again, that man-spreading thing. Yeah. Just to see. And I know that bed. is framed. Yes. It's perfect. for us. Yes. I was like, thank you, Jordan. (laughs) Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. And that bed, I know that bed was at least a queen size. (laughs) Like, and the fact that he just sat in the middle and just took up the whole thing. Listen. Uh, like a tree. Listen. Listen to me. <laughs> oh my god it's PSA time go on there that's what I do I climb it like a tree honey you don't have to I would rock him to sleep like a baby okay <laughs> I promise you I oh like a god. linebacker I like a nice solid flip me upside down like I would I would, I would bully him on purpose just, just, just yeah. to see what I could get away with just to make mm, him mad just mm, to the makeup mm. sex would be crazy. Mm. Crazy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, all right. We we have done a lot today. Yeah. Perhaps too much. Some people would argue <laughs> that we have done too much. The most. <laughs> the actual most. <laughs> But it's all come to the good. Drea, thank you so much for coming in and expounding on your many, many thoughts on what induces thirst in you and by turns us. I hope other people really see my heart with this show. (laughs) Is it your heart? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't your heart, but all right. (laughs) Thank you both. This has been a ball. I'm so glad that we were really grateful. Yeah. We're grateful to have you. Thank you. We've been trying to get you on for a minute. Yes. And the stars aligned. Yes, Yes, they did. Where can people find you and your work? Oh, please find me. I'm (laughs) at Dree TV. That's D-R-E-E TV on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, My portfolio is at Dree Adana.com. I'll spell it out for you guys. Please do. D R I A D O N N A. Driadana.com. Um, yeah, I write, I produce, I'm out here in these streets. Like, <laughs> holla at me. That goes not just for uh, Stefan and Winston, but generally speaking, editors. <laughs> yes. You want to get some of that good, excellent work? <laughs> Talk to Drea. Scholarly. <laughs> Scholarly, she said. All right. You better sell yourself. Uh-huh. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, this Drea. This has been so fun. All right, Bim. This, have, this was such a good episode. Listen, I love Drea so much. She is the... <laughs> I don't know. She's like a an honorary thirst auntie. 
Yes. She has <laughs> quite the turn of phrase, uh, as you and I know from our own personal lives. Yes. Drea can coin a phrase like that. Um, but no, that was a fun discussion. Yeah. Yeah. It um, took us on a journey of thirst. It really did. And, you know, even though we have, um, you know, kind of a diverse range here, we have some relatively new people to mm-hmm. the scene and then mm-hmm. someone who is an OG, a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, that was nice. So we talked about Stefan James. Yes. Bobby Cannavale. Mm, yes, we did. And Winston Duke. Listen. So I'm 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 ready to hear who you wrote your drabble about. Listen, okay. So in the spirit <laughs> of uh allowing new blood mm. into the world, mm-hmm. okay, I decided to uh take my thirst and park it literally at the door of Stefan James. Oh, <laughs> Your eyes are alight. And yes, yes. yes. Okay. I just, I figure there's something about him. He is the guy that I would have hoped I would have fallen in love with at the age of 14. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's, he's got like a very sweet boy next door energy to mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, With a bit of heat. But mm-hmm. like mostly I feel, I look at him and I feel like he's someone I would have fancied yeah, at 14 and would have carried on fancying, like would have been surprised and delighted to find that I still fancied him 25 years later. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of, yeah, that specific, mm-hmm. that specific kind of thought. So yeah, Stefan, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 I'm ready. All right. The fourth time I saw him, I had to ask him for his name. Four times in as many weeks of bumping into one another in the communal stairwell meant I had to shed shyness. So far, we'd shuffled past one another with smiles that had bloomed wider than strictly necessary, eyes suddenly wide, faces suddenly prickly. Each encounter had shaded in previous broad strokes. The smell of his cooking wafting through the nooks and crannies of our very old building, the lingering scent of a woodsy cologne in the hallway late on a Saturday night, Mm. the muffled sound of old or surprising music bubbling upwards into my apartment from his. I noticed his sleepy brown eyes the first time. (laughs) The second time, I noticed a tiny scar high on his neck, at the highest point of where his collar pressed into his skin. The third time, the shape and size of his hands arrested me. This time, I spoke, even before I had fully descended the stairs from my floor. You again, I said, voice slightly too high, too fake casual. He half turned, still in the middle of turning his key. Me again, he returned. I added great speaking voice to my ever-growing internal catalogue of his blessings. (laughs) I'm Bim, 70. I blurted before I could talk myself out of it, jerking my head back to indicate my apartment upstairs. His recovery was quick, but noticeable. Stefan, he said, extending his hand. Our palms touched, and we both let out involuntary breaths. It's nice to meet you, Bim, he said. And I felt the warmth curl all the way up in me. Oh, bam. <laughs> Stefan got you all uh, shook up. <laughs> all right, Elvis. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. I love it also as well in addition. So I'm glad you like that. Yeah. It's a little bit of, little bit of Stefan there. Yeah. You know, thirst makes you very observant. Here's the thing. <laughs> 
I can be walking around as though I cannot see. And then when I see, mm-hmm. that's all I see. Mm. So shout out to Thirst. Yes, I, I feel you. You get it. Okay, yeah. so I've, I've, I've kind of uh, shed my own skin there. Okay. I, I did too much. <laughs> but I want to know who your Thirst up Because you have a smorgasbord. Yes. Who did you go for? Um, I also went with Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, new blood! All right, I love I love the moment when we both discover a new yes, thirst, yes. and we're kind of like, all right, we're all in. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I'm very excited to hear what you have uh, cooked up for oh, you boy. and Stefan. <clears throat> Stefan gathers me close from behind and kisses me on the back of my sweaty neck. He places a hand over my rapidly beating heart. I can feel him smile in the place he just kissed me. You want some water, he asks, his voice touching all the spots still tingling from his hands. I lick my lips, or try to, my mouth having gone cool and dry from his expertise with my body. Shut up. Yes, please, I croak out. This earns a full chuckle from him, and he moves from the bed. He remains naked as he walks to the kitchen, his wiry build damp and shining in all the good places. He brings me back a quart-sized mason jar of ice water. Looks like you really need this, he smirks at me. I half-heartedly take a swipe at him. I'll let him be a little smug. He's earned it. Bitch! <laughs> what? I'm so sorry. That reveal of where the location of this... Fu- what? You know, okay. Huh? I do a lot of the, like, the leading up to... The fade to black. Uh-huh. And now I'm just, you know, I wanted to see what it looks like on the other side. Is that what you wanted? Yeah. yeah and bitch. I feel like Stefan, with that little sizzle, you know, that we were talking about, the little bit of heat that he has coming off of uh-huh. him. I think he's got a little bit of arrogance, a little, you uh-huh. know. But uh-huh. he's still tender to go get you some water because uh-huh. you're clearly, like, dehydrated. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, Stefan. I did, I did not ask for any of that background. I was pointing out... The fact that you revealed the shit so casually. But thank you for the thesis on your travel. Anybody asking about that? But I'm glad that you had the presence of mind to present it. Yes. Listen, Nicole. Yes. What you don't need to do was that. But I'm glad you did. I feel like Stefan kind of, he jacked us up. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I feel, I I do, I feel both lovingly held, <laughs> but also like short of breath. So shout out to you, Stefan. I will say this. He only gets more attractive. Absolutely. So imagine, if you will, 15 to 20 years from now. Oh my God. A salt and pepper beard. Listen. Oh, and the confidence. Listen. In wow. like a plum colored suit. Yes. Are you kidding me? Wow. Fucking hell, Stefan. I mean, yeah. wherever you are, listen, okay. I don't know who listens to this show. We know a lot of people do. Uh-huh. No, no, no boasting, just fact. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> Stefan and your people, I I want you to consider coming to talk to us. Mm. Um, we see you, okay? And we want you to see us back. Yes. All right. Well, yes. there you have it, First Bucket. Two Ooh. very different uh, drabbles. I've, I've lost my words. Two very different drabbles today. <laughs> uh, one of them exploring a before and one very much after. And uh, it's up to you, whichever one <laughs> speaks to you the best. But uh, let's uh, let's uh, go, go to Twitter. Go to our Thirst Aid Kit uh, Twitter account and uh, we'll, we'll post up a link in a, in a day or so and you can... Uh, yeah, respond as uh, as you responded to the stories today. <laughs> Bim is so shook up. 
my eyes are closed. I'm looking at the. I'm looking. I'm looking to the Lord. Um, shout out to shout out to Nicole and her pen. Oof. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, we love a drabble. So yes, also feel free to send us yours. Um, if you also are having thoughts about Stefan or Bobby or even Winston, um, by all means, please send us a drabble. Um, nothing too long because we're not going to read that. But if you give us something concise and affecting every chance that we will read it on air and also applaud your own thirst so send us your name and your pronouns and a drabble and uh, Mike could hear it on Thursday Kit and the email address to send that to would be thirstaidkit at slate.com we look forward to hearing all about your thirst Thirst Aid Kit is a Slate production produced by Cher, Vincent and us Nicole Perkins and Bim Adonmi The senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts is June Thomas, and the editorial director is Gabriel Roth. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at ThirstAidKit, and we're at Bimadew, that's B-I-M-A-D-E-W, and Tennessee Whiskey Woman, that's T-N, Whiskey with an E, Woman. Plus, we are on Tumblr. Shout out to our OG Thirst Buckets who hold us down every single week. And we are at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. Please feel free to send us questions because we might answer them. Our guest, Drea Donna Rowland, is on Twitter at DreeTV. That's D-R-E-E-T-V. And her website is DreaDonna.com. D-R-I-A-D-O-N-N-A.com. If you live tweet your listen, we'd love to see it and see what what stood out to you this week. Please use the hashtag TACPOD, T-A-K-P-O-D, and also feel free to send us an email with your thoughts at thirstaidkit at slate.com. We are delighted to let you know that, yes, we are, in fact, still making use of the Thirst Sommelier service. So please send us a short, and we do mean short, voice note via email, and we can see if we can find you new and similar crushes. If you would like to make use of the Thirst Sommelier service, please send us that voice note. Again, we have to say a short voice note telling us who you fancy and who you want help with. The address to send it to is thirstaidkit at slate.com. Also, a quick public service announcement. Now that we're on the Slate Podcast Network, we want to let you know about Slate Plus. Slate Plus is Slate's membership program, and members not only help support our show and other podcasts, but they also get great benefits in return. The biggest for you thirst buckets out there is listening to Slate podcasts with no ads. But you'll also get bonus segments and episodes of shows like Dear Prudence and Slow Burn. So sign up for Slate Plus now. It's only $35 for the first year. Head over to slate.com slash thirstaidplus. That's slate.com slash thirstaidplus. If you have the time, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and a star rating. We think that five stars is appropriate, so please and thank you. And we'll be back next week. Remember, hot beverages still count towards your water input, but stay thirsty. Bye. Bye. Singing about my bass. <laughs> Talking about my boot things. Oh my my three boot daddies. Oh my God. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>